Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 33. After our weekly segments, we are going to talk about expectations. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning, Beth. How are you? I'm good. I uh, I listened to, oh, was it last week's episode when I was editing it? And um, <laughs> you could tell how out of breath I was during the intro. <laughs> so I tried really hard not to gasp for air during this one. Nice. It sounded fantastic. Thank you. Only only took us two, two, two yeah. tries. It's okay. <laughs> anything I, I go ahead. I was gonna say anything new with life life at home now that you guys are settling uh, we, back in. Yeah, we just got back from a little trip up to Bellingham, Washington, with my in laws, which was amazing. So we like got back in last night. So I've just been like oh my god, it's Tuesday today, like what? Like I'm just like really thrown off um, in terms of what day it is, but uh, it it was a great trip, so yeah. Nice, I feel like you've been traveling a lot this past month. Yeah, it just kind of worked out that way. (laughs) Um, Normally we don't travel that much, but yeah, we went out to see my family and then the in-laws came in to see us. Nice, and how how is how sleep with with your little guy going after this trip? Um, A lot better, for sure. Um, He... Actually, well, I put him down okay last night, and then he woke up briefly, but Adam put him back down. He went right back down fairly quickly, and then he just slept through the night uh, until I think he woke up at 6. Adam went back in there, and he said he just, like, laid down next to the crib, and he just laid right back down and went back to sleep till like, 7.15. So I'm going to I'm gonna share a little bit more about that later on, though. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and let's see. For me, I'm just, you know, on baby watch right now. I've got yeah. less than two weeks till my estimated due date, which, you know, is just like dropping the wind, you know, mm-hmm. could could come at any time, right? But I don't actually expect it for, I don't know, three weeks or so. Um, yeah, so we're just hanging out. Do you have any, like, thought of if you're going to be early or on time or late or anything like that? Well, I'm telling myself that I'm going to be late because if I'm early, that's great. But, um, I don't, my daughter was almost a week late, so Mm -hmm. I don't really expect to be So you know, I feel they're like, they they go into the doctor. They're like, how are things feeling? I mean, I've had like Braxton Hicks contractions since I feel like since I knew I was pregnant, I don't know (laughs) if you just recognize them more the second time around. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're definitely more, I don't even, the regular is not the right word. They're more frequent. Mm-hmm. Um, I get them more at the end of the day when I'm tired and then I go to sleep and then it's back to square one in the morning. So I'd like to be a little early, but I don't expect it. <laughs> we'll cross my fingers for you there. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So for our real mom moment of the week this week, I wanted to talk about bedtime. I think we're both going to talk about bedtime. <laughs> So we had this whole big plan of, okay, when my daughter switches to half days, we switched her for half days um, at school, so she's no longer napping at school because she doesn't nap at home, so we can get this consistent early bedtime. Well, that's great in theory, except that for the past four years, our life has been like her going to bed around 9, 9.30, 
because I used to work late and it was just the way the way that it worked out best. Like we didn't have to get up early in the morning. So we all went to bed later and slept later. And that was just our routine. So trying to shift it earlier has been really hard. And then yesterday she was tired because we had like a big weekend and I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm at the point where it's like she's flexible enough that we can stay out late and do things and that kind of stuff. It does throw us off a little bit, but yesterday she fell asleep on the way home from the grocery store. I was like, I'll let her sleep until like she starts to rustle a little bit and then we'll get her up. So I picked her up after 45 minutes or so. She fell back, right back to sleep in my arms and took this another 45 minutes. Like I slept, I laid in, we have this lazy boy and she slept on me and it was it was wonderful. Yeah. I this very much. And she just was like Aww. laying on me and snuggling in. But then, of course, <laughs> we're like nearing 10 o'clock last night by the time she went to bed. And I'm utterly exhausted. And then she was yeah. cranky this morning because she's still like her rhythms are still kind of wake her up at the same time. So we just have to push her bedtime earlier. And then she'll like and then she gets more sleep. But. It was, it just, you know, it's this balance between, like, making sure that you're not being sucked to a schedule and still enjoying yourself, but knowing that those things are really important, especially since we talk so much about sleep the past couple of weeks, so. Yeah. That's mine. Oh, that's sweet. I was, I was going to share one quick story that just reminded me of it. I mean, I feel like that's so important to let them sleep if they need to sleep like that. And just like what you just said, like not be so stuck to something if that's what their little bodies need. One of my patients was telling me that her son had like a month stretch where he slept through the night. Like I think he slept eight to eight and then he slept from like 12 to five. And, like, she thought, like, she, I mean, she, after, like, you know, a couple days, like, she just kind of let him sleep, you know, because she didn't want to never wake a sleeping baby. And then she obviously was worried about him. And the pediatrician was like, he's eating fine. He was growing fi-. Like, she's like, just let him sleep. Um, she's like, I wouldn't worry about it. Like, everything seems fine. And she just said he just did that for, like, a month or, like, six weeks or something. And he had a huge growth spurt during it. Um, and and he was, like, the happiest baby, super healthy, just needed to sleep for whatever reason so like I don't know I was like oh my god that's insane but yeah I do that I think sometimes with Remy when he starts like sleeping past three hours I get like really worried I'm like oh my god should I be waking him up it's gonna screw up his routine but yeah yesterday he slept for almost three and a half hours and it was like we just then he woke up on his own he was like totally fine went to bed you know pretty well so I was like okay just don't sometimes just gotta let them sleep Yeah, I mean, uh, my whole life has been pretty much not waking my child when she's sleeping. Like, we don't yeah. have to wake. We're lucky. We're blessed that we don't have to wake her in the morning, mm-hmm. um, which is really nice. So I really try not to let her because, yeah, I, she's she's not a huge – she gets her good, like, amount of sleep, but it's like, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not an excessive sleeper, so. Mm-hmm. So what's your moment this week? So mine, I'm going to, I'm considering this a win, but uh, so over our vacation, since we had so much trouble on the last vacation, as you guys know, we started having the same night or the first night it was the same thing. It was like two hours to get him down. Um, Luckily it wasn't like screaming as much as he was the first time, but just did not want to go down. I would try to like I there's a pack and play in the hotel and I literally crawled inside the pack and play I'm like I'm gonna break this thing (laughs) 
and I was like squished in. I'm like, I don't even know if he has room to sleep in it, but you know, and even then I would get in and he's just like hitting me and like playfully hitting me and like sticking his fingers up my nose and trying to climb out of it by climbing on me. And I was like, Oh my God, like this is like, I cannot get this child to like be tired. And you know, you like cannot force a t- child to lie down. Um, so the next, and then the nap the next day was the same thing. Like he just never took a nap. I ended up taking him, um, just for like a walk outside in a stroller and stuff for like maybe 45 minutes. And so that night I was like, you know what? I would like to, to my in-laws. I was like, I want you guys to try to put him down because I just have this feeling like he's going to have no issue because he goes down for my nanny. Totally fine. Like it, I feel like it's just me. They got him down in six minutes. Like, I got him ready and I handed him off and they texted me. They're like, he's asleep in the crib. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? And I was like, yay, but awesome. So like Adam and I got to go and like walk to town and do our thing. And like, they just kind of stayed in there with him. And so we just had them put him down for every other thing. And he just like went down, like not an issue whatsoever at all. And so we got lots of good sleep. It was amazing. I was like, all right, bye guys. (laughs) See ya. Peace that, out. that is not abnormal at all. We had that. Yeah. I was, we were like weaning off of like swaddle or sleep something. And we, I had this like nanny, like babysitter over. It wasn't a nanny. It was just someone. And I was like, we're trying to do this. See what you can. But if it doesn't work. And she's like, it was fine. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I really think that like kids, they know their parents so much and they just want to be with them so much. They're like, no, don't go away. Mm-hmm. Like I want to. I want to sleep. Whenever my daughter sleeps over at my parents' house, she goes to bed almost 45 minutes to an hour earlier than she does with us. I know. I was like, why? Like, she loves them, but she's like, it's not the same as, you know, Mm -hmm. I just want to be with mommy and daddy for, you know, how long. Mm -hmm. I love love that you thought of that, and I love that it works so well. Great job. Yeah, it was amazing. All right, so our tips of the week this week, my tip, because I'm on a sleep kick here, is to go to bed. And I was feeling so tired, um, maybe two weeks ago. This last month has been just draining. I mean, I'm right now I am over 38 weeks pregnant, so it, you, you, you should be tired at this point. Your body's doing a lot. But I was really getting drained and it was hard for me to be my best self when I was with my daughter and working and I was feeling distracted. And then the nights that we did get her down early, like let's say early is 8.30, my husband and I would watch a TV show. And I mean, it would, you know, maybe an hour TV show. So we'd be going to bed at 9.30, 10 o'clock, I still think is a reasonable time, but for me, winding down from TV and then getting ready for, even if I get ready for bed beforehand, there's still this kind of routine that I feel like I need to do before bed. It was, I was, I was still waking up tired. So my thing has been, you know what, this is not the time of my life where I'm going to stay up. Even though I need some quality time with my husband, I'm not going to stay up after my kid goes to bed and and do it then because he's going to take a month off when baby's here. Like we will spend time together as a family Right now, I just need sleep. So I've been getting in bed. I have learned how to uh, get books from my Kindle from my local library. And I've been reading crappy fiction books. They're not totally crappy, but I enjoy them, of course. But just all this 
just fiction and reading it and getting right into bed at 8.30. When I start to feel tired, I just put the book down and go to sleep. And like last night, I woke up once to pee at 1.30 and I slept from, I mean, last night was a little later, but from like 10 to 7.30, which I feel like is pretty darn good. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. I feel like that is a fantastic tip. And I'm the same way. I like try to go to bed early and then it's like, yeah, I have to do my whole routine and and I end up going to bed late again. (laughs) I've been better though, for sure, because of our talking about it. It definitely helps hold me accountable, I feel like. Um, my tip of the week is to pick a choice that will bring you the most joy. And so I actually made a post on this. Um, we were out to brunch and I was like, this is the longest post about pigs in a blanket you'll ever read. But um, It was like, so we're at this yeah, brunch place and there's pigs in the blanket on the menu, which is like my childhood favorite. Like I love the combination of pancakes and sausage and maple syrup. Like can't go wrong. And then since we're obviously out in the Pacific Northwest, there was this salmon omelet that sounded really freaking good too. And I sat, I like sat there and like debated this for like, I mean, five or 10 minutes in my head, I swear. And I feel like the choice becomes like, okay, like the salmon omelet is like, you know, clearly healthier. And, you know, I get my healthy fats in there and it's like the adult choice plus like, it's a pretty unique choice. and But the pigs of the blanket are just, like, the happy, feel-good choice. And um, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm trying to work on things that bring more joy into my life very, like, purposefully. And so, like, I ended up picking the pigs in the blanket. And so I just want to, like, encourage people to pick a choice, like, just truly just, like, when you're looking at it and start with something small, like what you're ordering at a restaurant or, like, if you're, you know, buying a new shirt, maybe you're debating between the practical, you know, solid colored one or, like, the really fun floral one, you know. It's, like, pick the one that is just going to bring more joy into your life. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before when it comes to, um, like, listening to your own body. It's, like, it's not about necessarily just in the moment. I also considered how I would feel later. And for pigs in the blanket, I know I'll feel fine because I have protein in there. Like, had I ordered French toast with whipped cream, I would have felt terrible. And so that wouldn't bring me more joy. Um, or, like, same thing. It's, like, let's say you're debating between shoes and you pick the pair that is, you know, a five-inch stiletto that's incredibly uncomfortable, like, those aren't going to bring you joy wearing them, even if, like, in the moment looking at them, they look like the ones that will. It's, like, you're considering the whole picture, and it's, like, if every time you look at whatever in your closet it makes you happy, then, like, pick that one, or it's going to eat a meal that's going to just make you super happy and warm and cozy inside. Pick that one. Like, pick the thing that brings joy into your life next time you have a decision. That's mine. I love that you compared pigs in a blanket to stilettos. Yeah. Well, no, the salmon was the stilettos. Oh, right. Right. Sorry. Maybe. I don't know. I guess the salmon would have been uncomfortable. <laughs> no, French. It was, the French stilettos toast. and French toast would have been the equivalent. You know, they would have been really fun in the moment and then like really felt crappy later on. <laughs> there we go. Got it now. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's funny because I saw that post and. I posted something sort of, I don't know, it was a similar thought this week. And it was, you know, my, we're, we're at this swinging Summer Thursdays festival in town and they have music everywhere. And my daughter's just walking down the street, just like shaking it, dancing. And 
And I was going to write something like, dance like no one's watching. And I'm like, who cares if anyone's watching? Like, mm-hmm. just dance. Like, mm-hmm. don't. It's not, it's not that you should dance like no one's watching. You should just do what you want to do. And who cares what other people think? So that made me think of, of your, just do things that bring you joy. I love it. I love that. <laughs> All right. So we are on to our topic for the week, which are expectations. So I told Andrew that I would start off on this one. And I wanted to share a story about my bridal shower so many years ago. I mean, that's not that many years ago. My shower was probably, well, I've been married about five and a half years. So my shower was probably six years ago. But they did sort of a newlywed game. So there was this game where my husband, my now husband, had to answer all these questions and I had to guess what his answer was. And one of the questions was something along the lines of like, what is, like he had to say what my biggest pet peeve was of him and vice versa. And in his response, and it's, I'm really glad we did this because it was very insightful, was my, my, what, my, what he thought my biggest pet peeve was if either I expect him to do something and he doesn't do it, or he does something that I don't expect. And that is kind of our topic of the week, is expectations. And it's, it's been very true. In the, and when he said it, I mean, we'd been get together uh, about three, four years before we got married. So there was definitely, there was a lot of truth and light to that. It was like, you know what? Yeah. If I expected him to have time to do the dishes and he didn't do them, I was disappointed. But, and if I expected him to do them and he did them, I wasn't as grateful as I could have been. So it was just this, this insight into what expectations could be. And then I was telling him this, he was asking what our podcast topic was of the day. And I was thinking about this other time that, you know how you see pictures of the Grand Canyon? You're like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And there are these pictures from like helicopters and high up. So you're seeing this whole thing. I went to see the Grand Canyon. I was in high school. So maybe part of it was that I was young, but I got there and I was like, this isn't what I expect. It was like a lot, there was a lot more greenery than I expected. I expected this like dust valley, like thing. And then you're kind of, you know, standing on the edge and it might've been the angle or the, the perspective that we're seeing, but there was a little like, this is not exactly what I expected. And so I think that's really kind of what we wanted to talk about today was having expectations And I don't think having expectations is a bad thing, but having expectations, knowing what your perception's going to be, and then responding when things don't meet your expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And I love those examples. Um, I think the big thing with expectations is when we, I feel like they seem like a natural thing to have and a thing that makes sense. But really, when we dig down into it, they really can, I mean, alter your life for the worse, honestly. Like they can... And it puts you in a very negative place if you're having them all the time and they're being unmet because that is basically what makes people unhappy. And I mean, I think this, you know, even like going into depression, anxiety, like, or just being in a bad mood, it's when you look down at pretty much any scenario, it's because there was an expectation that you had that was not met. Um, I mean, think about it next time something pisses you off, like you're walking somewhere and someone doesn't open the door for you and you're like, what a dick, you know, (laughs) like you expected them to keep that door open for you and they didn't. So you're pissed. Now, 
same scenario, you weren't expecting it and they did, then you're like, oh my God, that was so nice. And then you're like really grateful and surprised by it. And then you're really happy about it. Whereas had you expected expected it, you'd been like, damn right, you opened the door for me and you wouldn't have been that grateful for it. Um, and then um, if they don't open it and you weren't expecting them to, then like you open the door yourself and you move on. Like you're not upset about it. And these little tiny things throughout our day I mean, they add up to be pretty big if you're having expectations about a lot of things. And then obviously in our relationships, they're huge. Um, I remember the first time I really heard about expectations was from my sister. Uh, She was talking to someone about my parents because my parents have a very certain way they show their love and it doesn't necessarily match up with the way my siblings and I probably would have chosen I guess if that makes sense and so we a lot of our I mean my parents and I have a great relationship like I'm not complaining about them or anything but it's like a lot of the issues are because of expectations that were unmet from them and for a long time anytime I would you know when I was like college and you know after I moved out it's like when I'd go to see them I would you know get upset by the visit or I you know it'd be like an okay visit and I'd be like like I'd feel really disappointed afterwards and then my sister was kind of the one who pointed out like we just can't have expectations of them or like we have to expect what they're going to do in a situation you know expect that they're not going to meet that one need and in doing that I mean it's really just like I feel like changed our relationship for the much better with my parents Um, they're very much they show their love through like taking us out to places like buying us things like very like monetarily um they both grew up with not a lot of money so they both worked really really hard to make money for us they both grew up in like a communist czech republic so like their you know way of showing love to us was like providing us with a very good life and not so much with the like you know Oh, I love you. I'm proud of you. Like that doesn't happen with them. So like we can, I cannot expect to hear that from them at all. And once I kind of came to terms with that, I, it was, it's fine. Like I just don't expect to hear that now. And that's okay. Like I know they have other ways of showing it. Whereas initially I was like, you know, how do I change them to that how do I get them to say that they're proud of me it's like okay now I have to go out and do all these things and you know be accomplished and like prove to them that I'm like worthy of their love which you know clearly puts a lot of tension in my life or I just don't have those expectations and and then we're good (laughs) I feel like this as you were talking about that kind of comes down to love languages a lot Mm -hmm. and kind of learning about how different how you know learning about what your own love language is is great but I think understanding what other people's love language is and knowing that typically most of us tend to provide love in the way that we would like to receive love Mm -hmm. or that that's the way that we know how so you know one of my biggest one is acts of service so like I will be around like doing stuff around the house all day long to show my love and I'm like why is this not getting the reaction that I'm looking for here Mm -hmm. like you know and the same thing it's like well why aren't you doing this for me but it's just it it, that makes a lot of sense to and I 
I feel like what it, it kind of means is like, no, it's not that you can't have expectations, but you need to have realistic expectations and have a realistic understanding of, well, this is this is how they do that. So maybe deep down you're like, well, when we're going out with my parents, they're going to show us love by taking us out and they're going to want to treat for the meal and that's okay and we can let them do that because that mm-hmm. is the way that rather than fighting about splitting the check we're this is this is something that we expect like maybe I'll pretend to pull out my purse and say hey do you want to split it but I won't fight it you know because that's I know that that's how they really like to to show their love so so that's something as you were talking i'll link to some love language resources for everybody but i feel like that's something that really kind of goes along with when we're talking about expectations and relationships and not necessarily just spousal relationships relationships with our kids relationships with our friends and parents and families and that kind of thing totally and i think I think when we're talking about this, it can get confused, like, okay, well, if I don't have expectations, what, so it's okay if, you know, like, my spouse beats me or something like that, and it's like, no, 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 like, we've talked about boundaries, so you can go back and listen to that episode, but it's like, if your boundaries are being crossed, then, like, you can have very strict boundaries and not have expectations, if that makes sense, Um, and it's like, if somebody's crossing your boundaries or they're, it's not a good relationship, like, you can choose to remove yourself from a a relationship that is unhealthy, Um, but you cannot expect that person to change, if that makes sense. Like, I think you can, like, not having expectations does not make for a crappy relationship where your other person doesn't do anything. Because if you're in a good, healthy relationship, you don't need to have high expectations for them to do things for you. It's like, actually, I found by lowering my expectations and like, actually not having these of my husband, like, he's, he does more around the house. Because again, that piece of gratefulness that comes from it when he is like, it just shines through a lot more. And then he's more willing to like do other things because it's like he he receives that gratitude for it and like you know I probably am like nicer to him you know and I go and hug him and show him his love languages and it's like but you know when he's yeah unexpectedly doing something then he's gonna do it more and he obviously in a good relationship like you want to make each other happy so like that all comes into play like not having expectations doesn't you know, make it so the other person doesn't ever do anything, if that makes sense. Let me know, Beth. Yes, that definitely makes sense. And I actually also want to say, too, I don't know, I'm, we're describing expectations in my mind and the way that I'm viewing them are things that we think are going to happen that we don't mention. So they're, Mm. they're unspoken expectations. I truly believe that you can have a conversation with your nanny, your partner, your mother, and say, this is what I expect of you, or this is what I would like you to do. So maybe we change it that it's not necessarily an expectation, but this is your role in this family or in this situation. And then it's much easier to say like, okay, you know, if we've had this conversation every night, you're going to do the dishes and I'm going to do bedtime routine. And this is, this is what we're going to do. And you're almost building a routine out of it. So it's not all of a sudden like, oh, well, I expect you to do the dishes, but I didn't tell you that I expected you to do the dishes. I expected you to read my mind. So I think that for me, it's really hard not to have expectations But the way that I, because that's so hard for me to not have, the way that I've 
supported myself in not being disappointed in them is to express them and to say, hey, this is this is what I'd like to happen. And then if it's not something and it's like, no, this isn't going to work, then we figure it out together. So there's not this disappointment of, well, I had no idea, like, I didn't want to disappoint you. I had no idea that that's what you wanted me to do. So I think that that can be a big difference of, you know, if you can't get here, not, I don't think that you're going to be able to get rid of, you know, all expectations, but say, okay, if you're like, oh yeah, I expect so-and-so to do this, you know, hey, you know what, honey, can you, can you bring dinner on the way home? I'm exhausted today. Rather than be like, you showed up without dinner? Like, well, mm-hmm. I didn't know I was supposed to. That kind of thing. So just being more willing to have the conversation about, you know, what you know what you do expect or what you'd like to expect. And that way, you know ahead of time, like, this is not going to happen or this is going to happen. And, yeah, I mean, if I tell my husband that he, I want him to bring dinner home and he doesn't bring dinner home, yeah, but that's – but we had the conversation and I know we have – so that's a whole different – ball game mm-hmm. um but but I but I think that's something important to note totally yeah I think that's a great example because it's like having a an expectation that setting you up for failure would be you texting your husband being like I'm really hungry and tired and don't really feel like cooking dinner and then being like okay this is you know clearly clearly telling him to go get dinner and then he doesn't (laughs) then you're like what the hell I told you and he's like you never told me to get dinner you just said you don't feel like cooking like I didn't realize that was code for get me dinner (laughs) and like then then you're both pissed off or is it just like is there a way you could pick up dinner tonight great and then everybody's happy (laughs) like yeah I feel like gosh I read I forgot what it was I feel like it was just some I may have even been like a comedian or some skit, something, but it was, I mean, basically coming down to like the whole thing of like, I cannot read your mind. Like I cannot see what you want. And it like really stuck with me because I find myself doing that a lot. And I, I now it's like, if we kind of, if I am like annoyed, I have like, I'm like, you know, internally annoyed at Adam or something like that. A lot of times I'll be like, okay, let me step back. Like, what am I annoyed at him at? did I ask him to do, like, did he know, does he know that I'm annoyed at him or that he even had like a chance to fix this? And a lot of times the answer is no. Like he has no freaking idea that I would be like about to like yell at him or, you know, like say something to him. And in those cases, like I can diffuse it really quickly by going through that process and just being like, okay, I didn't do that. Okay. Well, that's not fair for me to be bad at him at all. Like I'll put kind of myself in his shoes. Like if he yelled at me for that right now, what would my response be? And usually my response is I'd be like, what the hell? That's not fair. You can't yell at me for that. (laughs) And so in that case, and then it's like, once you go through that process, it just like diffuses it. Like it just kind of goes away. Like you're like, okay, you know, I'm annoyed that a lot of times it comes back to something that I didn't do. Like um, like a stupid example, like bedtime again, right? It's like, so let's say I'm all ready for bed and I'm like about to get to bed. And then I realize like something hasn't been done in the kitchen. And my, a lot of times my immediate instinct is like, damn it, Adam, why didn't you do that? Cause a lot of times it will be something that like he usually does, but it's not like his task, you know? And then what it comes down to most of the time, the reason I'm annoyed is like, why am I up so late? And now this is an extra 30 seconds I have to be up because I didn't get my own ass to bed on time, not because Adam didn't do this one thing that's going to take me 30 seconds to do, right? Um, And so it's just kind of going through that 
thing of like, okay, did I have just this false expectation in my mind or an expectation that was completely unsaid and he didn't even know about, and I'm about to get mad at him for it. Cause that just, it doesn't make for a good relationship. <laughs> I've tried it. It doesn't work. The standard, well, you don't know me at all. Yeah. <laughs> don't you know this by now? <laughs> Um, I did want to add one last thing. I know we're getting close to our, yeah. our time here, but um, we've talked a lot about expectations and relationships. I want you guys to always assume that when we're talking about relationships is that we're also talking about the relationship with yourself. So as an individual, setting expectations for yourself is just as, if not more important to think about than when you're setting expectations for your partners or your kids or what have you. I mean, for me thinking, you know, leading up into childbirth, yes, I have my hopes and dreams of of how this childbirth will go. But knowing that things are typically don't go the way that you expect them will, you know, hopefully allow me to recover a little bit better than I did the last time when they didn't go the way that I expected and kind of giving up a little bit of control and giving yourself a little bit more grace and just saying, hey, I can, I mean, I'm not telling you not to set goals for yourself. I mean, if you want to say like, hey, I want to be able to do three pull-ups in a row in the next six months, that's great. Like that's a really great goal that you're going to work for and, you know, and try to achieve and all of that. But you can't think of it as an expectation. Like, I expect that after I do X, Y, and Z, this will happen because everybody's different and you, you your body may not be ready for it. And oh, maybe it's, well, I expect to lose the baby weight. And I mean, we have no, we talked about things like that. I mean, they're just all things that you need to remember that the most important relationship that you have is the relationship that you have with yourself. I love that. Perfect. Perfect closing. (laughs) And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to talk about stress management versus stress perception. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Feats of Real Eats and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.